Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. Hello and welcome to the Corner 3 Podcast, episode 38. I am one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson, joined as always by the hoop and the harm, Mr. Tim Daniel. Alex, like the Spurs, we're down a key player in a clutch situation. I saw that he was a late scratch on that. It's a bummer. It is. And um, yeah, yeah. But uh, the, the my team king Sean Mackey is not with us this evening. Uh, so it's just the, the the two of us going at it this week. Got a lot to unpack. So let's just get right into this, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's your topic? I'm talking the salty Celtics today, man. The salty Celtics is what I'll now refer to the 2018. Um, so, this week on Kevin Garnett's show on TNT Area 21, which I love, by the way. I'm going to do what he does. Shout out to KG, because he shouts out to everybody. He and Rajon Rondo, Paul Pierce, Kendrick Perkins, and Glenn Big Baby Davis had a, uh, had a bitch fest together, man. They were, um, they were sharing all their... They were, they, were, they were airing all of their grievances about Ray Allen and him leaving, and... I'll tell you what, man. I am at the point where now it's been, what, seven, six years since Ray Allen left. Six or seven years. One of the two. And, um, I, you know, there was the stories about earlier in the year about the vacation where the Celtics were going to take that trip and he wasn't invited. And now this comes out where they're all going, we have no hard feelings, but Ray's the one that has to reach out to us. That sounds a lot like hard feelings to me. And honestly... We've like like we discussed in the past, the Boston Celtics don't win a championship that year without Ray Allen. Not to mention that that team clicked so fast, so fast when they won the title that year. Like you, you know, normally you see those teams wait a year or two to click, and they clicked immediately, and they won sixty seven yeah. games that year. So it's the fastest it was the fastest turnaround. Yeah, it was crazy and from season to season. And. They're upset because Ray Allen didn't tell them that he was going to a new job, and it's like. I have some of my favorite coworkers, and if they go to another place that's my competitor, you know, I'll probably be bummed, but hey, good for them. Do what you got to do. And the Celtics, on the other hand, are very, we had a brotherhood. We had this. And I get that, the NBA camaraderie and stuff like that, but I think it's time the Celtics let this one go, and Ray Allen should be a part of anything that they honor that team. Yeah, I, I don't disagree there. I mean, granted, like we're not there, right? And, you know, so so we don't know everything else that's not being said, and obviously we don't get Ray Allen's side of the story in this. But yeah, I mean, from one from one aspect, sure, like yes, the brotherhood, and I think they were really, I mean, they were the first big three team in the big three era of the Correct. NBA, and I mean, they kind of ushered that in. But uh, so yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot there. I think you could. That's like one of those rare instances where you could like induct a collective into a Hall of Fame. But uh, where I was going with that was, I don't know. I wonder what it would have been like if Ray Allen went to anywhere other than Miami. Right. Like if Ray Allen was like, I'm going to go play for the Trailblazers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think we're having those same conversations, you know? I agree. Um, And, you know, they made mention of it. It's, you know, it's the fact that was their rival, and that's who they were going against. You know, they played in one playoff series, two playoff series, sorry. I wouldn't really necessarily call that a rivalry. Um, but 
and I get at the time it was the two best teams in the East and all that, but it's just absurd to me that they just continuously do this. Because it's not that I dislike those guys. I love Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. I've talked very fondly of Kevin Garnett on this show many of times, but he's kind of the leader of that group now, and he still is kind of like letting this go on. And even so, as he's doing all this and saying all these things, he still says shout out to Ray, shout out to Ray's family, because that's what Kevin Garnett does, as we mentioned. Sure. But he's still dogging the guy, and it's like... And then, you know, there's the Ray Allen response with his Facebook picture, which he says he was hacked, you know. Of course, okay. So is Christos Porzingis when he talked about the Clippers. So is Draymond Green. Right, yes. So is every NBA player who's posted something on social media they shouldn't have. And Ray Allen posted a picture of him in his Miami jersey, jumping over Rondo, hitting a shot, and I went, that's the perfect response. How conveniently hacked he was. Right, exactly. Ah. But it's interesting because I, when you brought this up earlier today, I kind of mentioned that Boston has just been having a whole like whirlwind of problems, it seems like, uh, with Celtics fans in this Wizards series. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so that, that series is getting a little chippy. It's... Yeah, it's, it is, man. It's uh, a lot of very shocking chance. Um, I guess not. I mean, we're getting a lot of that for Boston teams in general. Red Sox fans with Adam Jones, you know, we're a little too far. Um, now, the FU Uber chance last night where I think Markeith Morris said that I told him about that was going to happen. And I, t- I was trying to prepare him for that. And it's like, I don't know if you can prepare for that. Uh, I got it. You're professional. And that's a young kid. Um, and then, you know, there's the whole Kellen Olenek versus Draymond Green, who's the dirtier player game, which that's hilarious to me. Um, oh my god, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting series. It's very chippy. Um, you could say uh, they're going for the tooth in that one. Well, and it, it's it's interesting, too, because, I mean, Boston's playing a very physical series. They are. And they're, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they are playing for the right to lose to Cleveland. Yeah, it's the battle for second place. And... But it's almost a wonder if either team, say Washington, comes on the other end of this uh, of a seven-game series ahead. You know, uh, if they if they get to Cleveland, are they going to have the strength to even like muster through that? Like, are they wearing themselves out kind of before before they might have a chance to maybe do some damage? Because no one's tested Cleveland yet. They haven't. Um, you know, Indy was a much more competitive series than the Toronto series was, which I can't believe I just said that sentence. <laughs> but um yeah man it's just you know even when uh indy took the lead late in those games and in, in game three and uh games two and three and all the and four and all this you still knew at some point that lebron and Kyrie were going to pull off the win and um I, I still feel like that's gonna be the case in this one where i think if boston wins that their physicality could be interesting for seven games against cleveland but they'll play five um whereas i think i think washington's finesse and speed could be a huge trouble for cleveland but they'll play six at most. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I don't think anyone really can compete. It's the battle for second place in the East. And um, with the Warriors and the Cavaliers being so otherworldly, I'm not 100% certain that's necessarily a horrible thing either. No, no. And it's it's still kind of frustrating, though, because it kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about and everything. But with, with playoff competitiveness, which has now kind of been the argument that's... Yeah being made against the NBA playoffs, aside from the fact that they're too fucking long. But uh, 
I, I know Barkley compared it to the NHL playoffs, saying that the NHL playoffs have been more entertaining. And from a competitive standpoint, they kind of always are. Yeah, they are. But is is the talent disparity now too far in the NBA where, you know, the one seeds are like just the, the you know, the one percent teams and then. Like we've like you like you've hit on before, are all these teams just kind of battling for three through sixteen? It feels like it. Um, you know, it feels like it's. Oh, if you're not going to be in the lottery, you might as well give it your best shot. And I feel like it's just that doesn't work. And I, I, you know, even though the Cavs are the two seed in the East, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, they're so significantly better than everyone, and. I think the difference, too, is, yeah, you know, there's this our teams loaded with talent. On top of those talented groups, look how much fun those teams have. And I think that that does play a part as far as, like, being loose and being energetic. Today, the Cavaliers posted a video on their Facebook page of them working out. And it was them just dancing around the weight room, like, just chilling. And the Warriors, you see it all the time, too, where they're just very loose when they go out there and play because... I don't feel like anyone does want, uh, does have the shot to compete against them, and I think those two teams know that. And yes, so I do agree with that point as far as the NCAA playoffs being that much more competitive because the best chance we have in one of these two teams losing is the series right now between San Antonio and Houston, and I don't think either one of those teams stand a chance either. No, uh, San Antonio especially. I know we've been beating that drum a lot in the last few weeks, but they have, they've definitely looked out of it in this Houston series. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we we talked last week, too, about how are they relying too much on Kawhi Leonard. And we'll see how it works without him tonight. Well, so far, so good. 14-7 to 7 with seven minutes to go in the quarter. Jonathan Simmons got to start. My boy Jonathan Simmons, D-League wonder. <laughs> yeah, so this I, I was looking up some some playoff stuff. And I've already forgotten the year because it was on the bus ride home. But it was, I think, the 07 or 08 playoffs. It was uh, an instance where two Eastern Conference teams got the 7 and 8 seed with either 500 records or sub-500 records. And then two teams in the West missed the playoffs with a 500 record and a sub-500 record. We're looking at it again right now where... Cleveland has run through their playoffs. Golden State has mowed everybody down against teams who have actually played good basketball against them. Yeah. So with with that kind of being the inevitable as as we keep coming towards Golden State versus Cleveland, do you think the NBA playoffs need a restructuring or a retooling of any way? Whether it's shortening series, eliminating a round, reorganizing how the seeding's done, you know, like if, if Adam Silver came to you and said, Tim, the aliens have my daughter, and I need you to restructure the NBA playoffs. It's the only way to let her go. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I'd call Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones is what I do. Um, well, th- obviously. That's step one. I was I see I was going kind of like an Independence Day route, but then I was like, no, there needs to be a hostage situation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm picking yeah. up what you're putting down. No, um, I, I, you got the Will Smith vibe, yeah. so that's good. <laughs> that's always a good vibe to have. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, Alex, to be honest with you, man, um, I know other than the year that Boston won it, you know, at the aforementioned Big 3 season, I haven't really enjoyed the 7-7-7 formats. Um, I would totally go back to a, the first a first round being best of five because, one, it does shorten the series, two, it kind of gives these guys a little less game time to play because if you think about it, 
let's say this is rarely going to happen. Actually, that Celtics team, if you remember, they went 65-17. and 17, And then the first three rounds before the finals, they played seven games in each series. So that's 7, 14, 21. And they played six against the Lakers. So 82 plus 27. That's 109 games those guys played that year. Right. And so, yeah, if I think I think if you go back to the first round being a best of five, I think would be outstanding. Um, I think it would definitely help as far as attention span for the league because they do have a very long playoff, which I love. I know we love because we're basketball sure. geeks. There, there, there are instances where I kind of wish it was one round shorter. Yeah. Like, you know, just eliminate the finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, there, there's definitely times where I'm like, ugh, conference semifinals. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. Um, if you go, how would you do it, though? Would you go the best six and the first, uh, the top top seeds get a bye? Like the NFL? Yeah, God. I don't even know how I feel about that. Yeah. Because it doesn't really fix the competitiveness issue. So, I mean, would you be in favor if they were just like, because this is the one I've always tossed around, was either making the first round go to, go to five games just for the sake of time. Mm-hmm. But maybe reworking it to where it is the best 16 and NCAA but tournament style to, yeah but with but in a, in a series format as opposed to just you know yeah. the one and done games but sure. yeah i because I, I think there are instances where it would create better matchups uh and it doesn't always have to be if, if it's gonna con- i think we're in an era right now where if it's just gonna be east versus west it's just cleveland versus golden state agreed and to a point, I want that, but I don't think anyone wants to start going into an NBA season as a foregone conclusion, you know? I agree, but I think this year, we need it. Um, I think that, Well, yeah, it's 1-1. Yeah, that, you know, the rubber match is obviously the important part, but, you know, it's the two best teams. It is, um, they're both healthy for once so far, you know? Mm-hmm. At this point, if you remember the past couple of years, one of these teams has had an injury. Um, Kevin, Gar- I mean Kevin Durant being back obviously helps as well. The fact that it adds to this health thing because it is now we're at the point where obviously anything can happen in the in the, in the conference finals uh, as they're both basically just sitting there watching, you know, Houston, San Antonio, Washington, and Boston beat the hell out of each other, um, right? In some cases, literally. Um, and now it it is a situation where they are basically just waiting around. So if they can stay healthy again for another week. You know, before the finals, we then you know can be prepared for seeing who's the best team at 100. percent No excuses this time. So I'm excited. I think that I think we needed this year for sure. So let's say we've got LeBron who who took down the 73 and nine Warriors, mm-hmm. and then they had Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And if we get LeBron, if we get Cleveland Golden State three here. If if LeBron takes down this Golden State team, be it in four, five, six, seven games, it doesn't matter. Where do you start ranking him in the echelon of of players, and is, does it become like almost a one-two kind of situation? Someone made this point to me, and I kind of agree with it. And I know this might be blasphemous to say, other than six NBA Finals and being six and zero, and what is what is full, what other things has Michael Jordan fully done better than LeBron James? Did this episode just become this? Is this <laughs> I mean, what we're doing? I mean, you know I love Mike. You know I do. No, I know, I know, I know. But I'm not I'm not playing the LeBron versus Jordan angle. But what I'm saying is, 
to say that he's not, he cannot be that good, like people want to say and be like blasphemous about it, is kind mm-hmm. of frustrating strictly because he's the best player of our generation. And it's like that conversation we have where he doesn't have to be Michael Jordan to be enjoyed, but people make it that way. And people always bring up the four finals losses, the four finals losses, and, you know, Jordan never lost in the finals, which, yes, that's true. But we always act like Michael Jordan didn't struggle in the first round for a couple years. Or sure. he didn't struggle in the Eastern Conference finals for a couple, you know, for, against the Pistons. And it's like people always forget that. So is is losing in the finals a worse thing on your resume than losing in the first couple rounds? I think it's easier to forget losing in the first couple rounds. It is. And, but you have to get to the finals to lose. Right. No, exactly. But people don't look at that. They just right. it's how many finals did they get to? How many finals did they win? But the the argument I always go with is is one people argue Jordan because he was like I mean literally a game changer, but yes, like completely. It was the globalization. Completely. It was the iconography. It was, you know, he developed a logo beyond the NBA logo. Uh, he, I think he brought more to the table than anybody else really in the NBA had or ever had, you know, like the plus his name rhymed with like. So like Mike, that was just mm-hmm. that was a given. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I think people always overlook is the style of play. Yes, I agree. And they are, I, when people are like LeBron or Jordan, I'm like two different players. Completely. Two different games. Like two different styles of physicality. And I mean, I I think we've argued this before on previous episodes where, you know, one of the highlights they always show of Jordan is the 91 finals with the, the hand switch layup. Yep. LeBron highlights are these thunderous fucking centaur dunks. I know. <laughs> or block like, shots that, like, are chase downs from, like, two, 20 miles away. Yes, and then loud screaming. And it's just two very different styles. And I, I think that everyone wants to know... I think everyone wants to know what everyone else thinks so they can argue it. I agree. Um, you know, I have... I, I, I have no problem, in my honest opinion, Alex, in saying that I think they're the two best players I ever saw play. Um, sure. And that's not disrespect to Kobe Bryant, who I loved. That's not disrespect to Shaq, who I also loved. Hakeem Olajuwon, who I think is the best setter skill-wise of all time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, But I think that those are the two best players I ever saw. And I don't have a 1 and 2. I have a 1A, 1B. I just don't know who's 1A and who's 1B in my eyes. Right. It's... I lose sight of it, too, where I'm like, damn, LeBron is really good at basketball. And then I'll watch, like, Michael Jordan highlights. And I'm just like, man, he was great. It's it's pretty much whichever one I see last or whichever one I I played as in a video game last is, like, the one that I'm like, he is the best. Yeah. But, I don't know, it's interesting because, like, they and they both kind of in different aspects or different parts of their careers they have those weird blips right sure. where jordan has the baseball tenure which is irrelevant to a basketball discussion uh but then you have his stint on the wizards mm-hmm. and with lebron i feel like his blip or you know like his little tarnish or whatever his smear isn't even basketball like on court it was the decision yeah i agree with that and and so you it's harder to argue too because i mean I think everyone likes to forget the wizard stint with Jordan. 
I, I think the best thing about this too, you know, being, you know, the icons they are and the players of their generation is how they handled all of that pressure in that circumstance. Um, I think it's the thing that's always impressive to me the most, especially one like Jordan was like, Jordan was the guy that had to carry the torch after Bird and Magic, which was the greatest rivalry in NBA history as far as player to player for a long time. And LeBron James, you're talking about a kid that literally everything he's done has been picked apart since he was 16 years old. Right. And the fact that he still has been, I mean, he's been the best player on the court every game he's played since he was 16 years old is something that people seem to overlook all the time. Yeah, I mean, he could have easily gotten swept up in all of that and all of the hype. And just from a maturity standpoint, he could have crumbled. Oh, completely. And, but yeah, I mean, like, because what was what was the torchbearer for high school players coming out into the draft? Right, it was Kwame Brown. Uh, Kevin Garnett, probably. Well, I well, I mean, like, okay, so the most recent one, but number one pick overall. Like, oh yeah, that was Kwame. High, you're yeah, right. yeah, right. So I mean, what a low bar. Right. But that was what people were expecting, and then to an extent, what some people probably really wanted. Oh, completely. But I mean, he's definitely. Yeah, I mean, he's better than I could have ever imagined him being. I agree. Um, I think, you know, don't be wrong. You know, you and I, we're, we're really close in age. Um, so, you know, our memories of Jordan are the pro- are mostly 96 through 98 in the Wizards stint. Yeah. We have watched this guy play. Like, I used to get St. Mary's St. Mary, uh, pay-per-view, pay-per-view games when they did that for that short stint. Um just so I could see this guy play, because I was in the sixth grade when I first heard about him. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy, like, I look at like growing up with LeBron James the sw- same way I do Tom Brady, where there's been moments where, you know, his greatness has kind of fallen apart, uh, fallen at the seams. But overall, when you look at his whole body of work and what you've grown up watching, you can't deny any great thing he's done. No, no. And I, I go, because when I was like looking at the playoffs and stuff like that, too, uh, I kind of I, I fell into the trap of re- looking into that Cavs Spurs uh, the sweep series, mm-hmm. and it was an instance where like there's that, and I think I would go with like that series with uh, the Cavs and the Magic too, where everybody was kind of waiting for him to make that step, you know? Yeah. Like, everyone was just like, oh shit, now it's like now it's LeBron time, and then he missed it. Everybody was just like, nope, he's not good enough, and. Yeah, I, I don't even think that there's a shadow anymore. I don't even like I, they they cast their own shadows. Yeah, and I, I I think you see that when you stop seeing like players being like, oh, he could be. It's like players are now the next LeBron. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's also a unfair torch to any human being ever. Um, Absolutely, it is. But I think for me, my blip is probably the Dallas Mavericks series, the first Heat Finals. Um, yeah, because if anything's rigged about this series, it's the fact that the Heat lost that one. Because mm-hmm. that Mavericks team was nowhere near better than them on the court, and they beat them in five games. Right, I think it, at that point you could almost argue just coaching. Yeah, and like if you had to make any argument for it or against it. Yeah, and Spo has become just an amazing coach. Like we yeah. talked about a few weeks ago, the unspoken coach of the year. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that brings me actually to my point, and your, you want to talk to this playoff discussion. We got a little off topic yeah. there. Um, so I think one of my favorite things that I think baseball really does is the tiebreakers at times, and I think the NBA should really adopt this. So hear me out here for a minute. So 
this year, you know, we we've we've talked about it. You know, even with the Bulls starting off two and zero and melting down, and um, the Pacers getting swept, we talked about how those two teams owed the Miami Heat an apology, basically, because right. of those three teams, the Heat were the best team, and they also took four more, two more weeks of Dion Waiters away from us. How dare that they? That is true. Yeah, but we did get that sweet article though. The players. Tribute. Oh my god, that was so good, so good. So. Um, it's a must-read if you haven't yet. Yes, yes, by anyone. all means. Yeah, that and uh, read the one that Channing Like, not Fry if you're wrote. driving. Not if you're driving and right. listening to this. But, you know. Uh, read Channing Fry's on the parent, on the R2 about when he talks about losing his parents this year. That's a really good one, too. He's becoming okay. one of my favorite players, actually. Like, I, I don't know why, <laughs> but he's still, I listen to Road Tripping. Have you ever listened to that? Mm-mm. It's him and Richard Jefferson. They do a podcast together. And... It is hilarious. They're so funny. That was where Kyrie uh, had his Earth is Flat com- uh, conversation. <sighs> yes, that's the show. All right. Okay. So, back to my point here. Yes. My favorite thing that baseball does, not just the wild card game, but the one game playoff, is if two teams have t- are tied for the record instead of like a tiebreaker, they have them duke it out and play nine innings to see who's going to go to the playoffs. Alex, I think you're probably starting to feel where I'm going with this. I feel like if we're in that case in the NBA, one, it makes all the sense to rule for the league because it's a way to make more money. It's more national television. I, and I know, you know, it's a lot on the body because it's, you know, heart is a big game there. But could you imagine if the storylines of the 41 and 41 Bulls and the 41 and 41 Heat playing a one game playoff or a shot to be in the playoffs, Dwayne Wade going against his former team? Could, if, I just wrote ESPN primetime right there. <laughs> I'm for it. I think in an instance where if, again, we kind of adapt it to a, a first-round five-game series and maybe a shortened season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm always down for more games. I don't know. That'd be funny. Because, I mean, I, from a baseball standpoint, right, is baseball stadiums don't get used for much else. Exactly. I don't feel – I feel like, like the United Center or American Airlines Arena don't have that luxury. Yeah. We're just like, ah, shit, we got those Cirque du Soleil people coming in. Well, um, what was it? The Blazers and the Warriors, it was if they went to Game 5, Chance the Rapper had got a uh, concert scheduled in Golden State. And so, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, like, they were pretty scared about it. So, really? Yeah. When they, they were about going to five games? So, when the Blazers got... Sorry, sw- Portland, I love you. I did, too. When the Blazers got swept, shout out to the Blazers' Twitter account. They tweeted Chance the Rapper and said, have a good show. Aw. <laughs> good sports. Yes. But, yeah, man, I think that it makes a ton of sense. I think it would be fun. Um, like you said, I'm all for more games. And I think that that could be a really cool thing. Even if they want to experiment and try it out, like with the WNBA coming up this year, see how it works there and see how it reacts. I think it could be a cool thing. Um, I, I, I think that it can make things more fun. Especially teams, I think the Western Conference wasn't too far off either. Granted, they didn't have any teams tied for record. But we talk about that being the superior conference, which, let's be honest, is true. Could you imagine having the Wolves at 41 and 41, like 43 and 39 next year, competing for the eighth seed and playing in a one-game playoff against it's like a, a Thunder team for one night? I think that'd be so fun, and I think that'd be an awesome thing to do. I'd, I'd be all for it. Uh, I just, yeah, I mean, on paper, I love it. It's a great idea. It's it's an instance though where from like the league standpoint, I could just see like I don't know, because it always happens, Blake Griffin getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. 
And then being like, well, uh, sorry, guys. Tiebreaker, leg breaker. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be true. But I think uh, that could kind of give a Game 7 feel to a one night only, and I think that that would be super fun. Yeah, I no, I, I'm I'm all for it. And I know. so I'm I'm guessing so I'm trying to think of who would get home court. Um I think that's where it gets interesting. I think it would probably be cuz I think the Bulls and Heat actually went 2 and 2 this year. So it should just be best home record. Whoever has the best record at home gets home court. Yeah. Or, you know, like they did for the Bulls draft pick this year, flip a coin. You know, that pick could have been a lottery pick if they didn't try so hard. I know. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Not, not, not to, you know, harp on your, on your playoff run. <laughs> but we are. Yes. Speaking we of, are. in that whole thing uh, about the Celtics, did you see where they asked Rondo, uh, if you don't get hurt, would you guys have swept the Celtics? He said yes. He did. I don't think he's wrong. I wonder. Like, I don't want to sit there and be, like, one of those guys that's like, oh, man, because Rondo got hurt, because that's a weird fucking sentence to say yeah. in 2017. Like, we would have won that series if Rondo didn't go down. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we can sit there all day and, mm-hmm. and spitball what would happen. I don't think they would have swept them. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, they outplayed them for two games. Completely. Um, I think it would have been, you know, it, it would have made it more fun, uh, because it, it did feel like for the first time in six months that we were finally excited about Rajon Rondo. And then we, it was like, LOL, fuck you guys. That's not going to happen. So. Right. Uh, yeah. It was, it's, it was shitty. It sucked. Yeah. All right. Well, Tim. Yeah. I think we have a truncated episode of the corner three. We do, because, I mean, we could talk about the Cavaliers dominating the Raptors, but... I mean, we just wouldn't be saying, we'd be saying stuff that's already been said, you know? Yeah, we might have a wrench, though, in my Spurs plans, because Kyle Lowry's a free agent. Hey, Kyle Lowry might be interested in going to Philly, though. Dude, I would love it. <clears throat> how, how would That would be nice, because I, I meant to tell you that this morning when I read that, that apparently Philadelphia is talking about making a play for him. Do they have the cap space? They probably do. All those guys run rookie contracts. Yeah, so I mean, that could be something. Yeah. Not one that we're, not one we didn't consider. Like I said, he's too young for the Knicks. Yeah, he is. By like 10 give years. It, give, give it five more years in a knee <laughs> surgery. Right, yeah. They'll gladly pay him $14 million. <laughs> Yeah, I well, think you're right. This has been the Corner 3 Podcast. It does post every Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, except for next week. We will be coming to you early, either Tuesday night or Wednesday, right after the draft lottery. We'll be getting together to record our reactions and discussions and maybe even make a mock draft or two. I'm not sure. I haven't thought that far ahead yet. So look out for that on Tuesday. And Tim, you just uploaded the newest Here Come the Young Guns with Ben, the 2012 draft. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, that was a loaded draft, actually. So we got to talk about a lot of cool things. And for anyone wondering, spoiler alert, yes, I do take Draymond Green with the second pick to the Hornets. That's quite a leap. I was wondering I was wondering how far up he'd go. Anthony Davis still number one, I'm sure. Of course. Right. Speaking of the Warriors, I am starting to think Kevin Durant may be better than that Harrison Barnes guy they had last year. Something like that. Just a little yeah. bit. But, again, it does post... 
each and every Friday except next week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like that, you can go to thecorner3.net where you can check out all of our other episodes. And until next week, hail Hayward. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.